0: What's up, everybody? It's Jeffrey Lyles. You are listening to Lyles Movie Files with a double shot of Lyles. Joining me tonight is Little Brother Jace. What's up, man?
1: I'm good. Uh, hoping the uh, weather uh, doesn't scare away the trick or treaters. Uh, uh, still getting over uh, last night's uh, Nats victory. So that was fun. So now we get podcast. So let's get it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this is. A rarity for this area. I mean, it's like we're starting to have champions in the D.C. area: the Mystics, the Capitals, and now the Nationals. It's crazy.
1: It's like, I mean, especially after years of them actually being like, I mean, the Nationals thought of being as a World Series favorite, and then this year was like kind of like, yeah, they might get in there, and they (laughs) might get to the playoffs. Oh shoot, they won four games on the road in the World Series. How about that?
0: It's also nuts that no home team managed to win a game at home. How disappointed disappointed are you if you're a fan that paid? They finally got into that super ridiculous lottery to get World Series tickets, only to watch your team lose every game at home.
1: See, because like I was like, oh, I'd love to go to see the game here, but you know, oh, and then they lost. I was like, oh well, you know, they lost all the games. I'm sure Houston. Eventually, he's gonna kind of oh, we're supposed to we're the favorites to win this thing. All right, well, we got two chances to win it at home. But it's like they just it was like complete yeah. opposite world. They're like, nah, I don't feel it doesn't mean anything in this series. So.
0: Yeah, two games at home. Maybe it's like you know, it's like okay, we had a chump, we we have a game we can afford to lose. <laughs> That's nuts. But you know what happened? The Astros right before the playoffs started. The Astros were on the cover of Sports Illustrated.
1: Well, it's not like it was uh, the cover of Madden, so...
0: That's true. (laughs)
1: Madden, I thought they had no chance.
0: No chance. I I know, it's a different
1: sport, so don't worry. So,
0: So, let's get into this here. Let's talk about, we're going to do a special focused episode. We're going to talk Crisis. And we're going to start off talking about Flash and Arrow. And then we're going to kick off what I wanted to do for a minute. uh, The Crisis on Infinite Earths comic book breakdown. So you started on this journey with me, and we're going to break it down. We're going to do the first three issues tonight, and in the coming weeks, we're just going to tackle maybe two or three as we catch up to the CW's Crisis on Infinite adaptation. So I am excited to talk to you about all these things. Let's start off with The Flash. I wrote in my review that if The Flash weren't a comic book show, that these performances in this episode, there will be blood would totally be on the clip for best supporting best actor for the Emmys. The acting on it was just out of this world. I'm sitting here watching it and I'm like watching on my phone because I'm away in Denver and I'm just sitting here pausing the screen like, okay, that got really emotional. (laughs) I mean, what is happening here? Um, So the main crux of this episode was Barry was trying to work with Cisco because he knew he was having some issues with him, you know, with his apparent demise and this crisis that's coming. And everybody's dealing with it in their own way. But Cisco's like, screw you, Barry. I don't care what you're saying. I want to find a way that you don't have to die. And he gets an opening because Nash Wells shows up. And he's like, hey, I'm looking for something and I, I need you to fix something for me, but I'll help you out with this device or a serum that you need that could help your buddy Ramsey. And then Cisco kind of pulls him to the side and goes, could it also stop my boy from dying? And Nash like, of course. And then it comes this really interesting choice where you're kind of like, hey Cisco, what you're doing is kind of really terrible because you're lying and betraying your friend. But, I do understand, and I'm not saying you're wrong. What did you think about that? And then we'll break down the other stuff.
1: Well, in terms of, Barry has saved that universe a couple times. I mean, he's like, I mean, when it was, a uh, gosh, what's my man? Uh, not reverse Flash. Uh, but mm-hmm. Zoom, Zoom was about to destroy the multiverse, but if Barry wasn't there and didn't he, he couldn't do that. I mean, it's just like Barry, you're thinking it's like a it cost-benefit analysis, Barry has saved billions where the nice Dr. Ramsey would uh, help a small number of people with a very rare blood disorder, cancer. Just, I mean, I mean, if if you just if you just if we're just talking like I said cost benefit analysis. Not even saying that's your boy, you're gonna make the choice to save Flash, because like, hey, in the future he might save more. Like we don't we know this blood cancer thing isn't gonna be like a thing that's gonna repopulate into the masses. So, yeah, probably need to save Flash on this one. So, I, I agree with him. I think it was it, it would have been the call I would have made to.
0: Now this is probably the wrong time to mention that. If Barry were about to die in this wave of antimatter, somebody with superpowers that could warp from one place to another could be of use? No. No. Okay. Okay.
1: No. Just, no. Gotcha. Just want to check. Gotcha. no.
0: Okay. No. Nope. Yeah, absolutely. No. Uh and then we had another Iris storyline where she's like not wrapped up in what Barry's doing, which is great. And it's really all I've wanted them to do with Iris since what season two when she was actually working in the newsroom? So this season she or this episode she's helping Ralph get get his mojo back and wanting to work this Sue Dearborn case. And and Ralph was like, "I'm good. I'm I'm I don't see the point of doing anything because I can't even help my boy Barry." And we've talked about this several times, but I'm just going to act like season 4 didn't exist and that ridiculous, stupid bozo, the clown version of Ralph that we were introduced to never happened. And I'm just going to imagine that Ralph showed up one day. Hey, guys, everybody's cool. And he's been a great member of Team Flash ever since. I just I just love how he's not acting like he's Cisco, like he oh, he's my best friend, even though I've only known him for this amount of time. But he's taking it hard. He's, just, you know, they're real friends and he needs the patented Joe West pep talk to help him you know just kind of figure things out and the cool thing was if you're watching this closely you see that joe's not all right with this either but he's doing what joe does and he's just helping he's pushing through to help everybody else Where's your take on that one
1: well I, I you know it was funny like when he first like when Iris kind of brought in the, the, the sue thing he really just like kind of it, it wasn't just that he brushed it off it was like why don't you go dealing with and spending some time with your husband It was like
0: damn, dude,
1: like, I know it's <laughs> real, but that was a real dick move to do. And then it's like, especially when he, then when Joe kind of came back, it was like, he's just angry. It's like, I mean, he actually has found, like, people who actually can tolerate him, not the old gambling buddies he used to have when he was just Shady Ralph. It's like, yo, he actually is a decent human being, and now all of that's about to go. I mean, like, the glue that holds this whole team together is about to go. So it's like, yeah, he should be. He's kind of bending other people, but Joe West kind of like, nah, man, I, I, that's not that's not what he's doing. It's like he's, he's just mad. Like he, he he's lashing out. But no, nah, that's not that's not who that dude is anymore. So I, I thought. I mean, again, I, I think this, I, I don't. I, I mean, I think you had, had, had jerk Ralph was based on him about to die, but it was still a little overboard. I think this mm-hmm. one's like a dude. It's like this is a guy I would want to save versus like. All the rest of those meta humans that they couldn't save, I would have rather saved them first versus this guy. Yeah, I mean that guy, but now this guy, you're like, yeah, well, this is a decent, dude. I want to look out for him. So yeah, I think they did a great job. I I mean, like, and I'll give this to them. They started re- rehabbing him, like I said last week. They that they season, rehabbed him. Versus, that yeah,
0: we were starting. Mm-hmm. And, well, honestly, I mean, he was he was. They did a 180 with him from season four to season five, and they slowly. Because he was just in bad subplots last season. But they really rehabilitated him. This season, he's involved in good subplots. So the improvements are even better. It's like, oh, cool. Ralph is cool. The subplots are better. I'm really invested in what's going on with this guy, once again.
1: Yeah, because I think it's like just the fact. It's like you were talking about Iris. It's like it didn't. I mean, even if people didn't like her as kind of leader of Flash, it was like it didn't make sense, actually. It was just like. You're a comms, you're not you, you really don't have any special skills. So why are you just chilling here? It's like I mean, you had a doctor, you had a physicist. It was just like both of the, everybody else can run comms, like you really she really wasn't necessary there. And them just deciding, like, you're right, there is no reason for her to be there other than to support her husband, which is cool, but it doesn't need to be in team flash. It's like, yo, like there's other parts of life that are cool that you should enjoy and actually gives us also better storylines. So, I mean, again, that, was, that was a great help for the season so far.
0: Yeah. It's like Iris can have a life, just like any other wife, where she has her career, her husband has her career, and they do their own thing, and then afterwards, hey, how was your day? She was with him 24-7, and it just was like, y'all aren't giving Iris anything. Like, she has nothing to contribute to this, mm-hmm. outside of, hey, our baby girl is... Uh, adult woman now, and she doesn't like me because of what happened in an alternate reality I mean ugh.
1: alternate future <sighs> which she actually forgot the actual plot of the story because she's a kid when this all happened
0: yeah yeah Anyhow, I, I'll save my passion for season four, just I'll put it on the shelf because season five has been so much No, season six has been so much better yeah, say. yeah. Um,
1: okay. five was five i mean five wasn't bad, especially at the end, when you saw, like, reverse flashes of him doing all the Cicada thing, it's like, he's just a better villain. Like, Cicada was just a maniac, but John didn't really do anything with him. I mean, it's like, yeah. Y'all found out, it's like, wait, the way we made this version of Cicada is pretty lame. He's not even, like, the old dude who's stealing people's lives to get young again or keep himself alive, but, like, a cult figure. He's just a, you know, a mass murderer. It's like, I mean, we, yeah, we can't. Anyway, do <laughs> we're, we'll move on to season,
0: season five. But So that was that. And Ramsey, I think, has been a really good, much stronger bad guy because we understand his motives. He, he starts off with this semi-quasi-sympathetic thing where he's like, I don't want to die. I think a lot of people can relate to that. And he's like, I've got this thing that's going to kill me faster. It's already killed my mom. I thought she gave up when she could have fought. I'm going to fight. I'm going to do what I need to do. No matter what I have to do to stay alive, and he's done some shady stuff. In this episode, was the season? I mean, this is episode five. This mm-hmm. is something would have taken another ten episodes in previous seasons to get revealed for Barry and Team Flash to realize that the bad
1: guy is the
0: friend, well, the new person that they met this season.
1: When I mean, you think about how long it took for the Thinker, I Gosh, mean, too that took forever.
0: Yeah, so I like this. this. is a real change. Barry had at a personal stake in trying to help Ramsey. And it didn't work. Now he knows he's a bad guy. He knows he's creating these zombie uh, people who just kind of disintegrate after he infects and ultimately kills them. And it's totally warped what Barry was trying to do, where he was like, this is going to be my guy that I save before I die. And... Now he doesn't have that focal point, so it's like I've got to stop him before he kills more people, and
1: which which I think that's the, the good thing is that really helps. Like he's got two in essence focus, I mean focal points this season already. He's like I know I got to deal with crisis, but I also got to stop this dude, which is far better than trying to go with I got one bad guy that I'm trying to beat and I'm going to fail for twenty two episodes.
0: It, yeah, it feels like a real um, comic book storyline where. Our character, our hero, isn't focused on just one thing. Now He's not just distracted and kept busy with silly things. Crisis is the end point for where Barry is. He's got to make sure his whole team is ready and prepared for it. He's also got to stop the random bad guys. But he's, his crisis is the finish line. And there's no escape from it. He's not even trying to prevent it. It's just like, this is what's happening. Now I'm going to be curious if, the Arrowverse team has Barry and has Oliver connect before <laughs> Crisis starts, since both of them feel like they have this death sentence. But that's something we can say. I was going to
1: say, because that does, and I'm just trying to remember, like, Oliver, yeah, as far as Oliver's concerned, he's made the sacrifice to save Barry, but Barry thinks he was supposed he doesn't, I don't even know if he rem, he knows he was supposed to die. He does uh, when when the monitor came the first time. So it he does. really he's like kind of like and the first time he's seen the monitor it's like oh you're gonna die like seriously like just it's over just get, be prepared but you're dying.
0: It's coming, dude. It is so coming for
1: you. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. I just want. To, I'm like I'm still trying to figure out. I know you you're not caught up on Supergirl, but Supergirl would ginormously be affected in a positive way, just mentioning Crisis.
0: And that is the main reason I haven't been watching, because I'm getting what I want from the Arrowverse with Flash and Arrow. And Mm -hmm. Supergirl is the other show that should really be all head, full steam ahead, building to Crisis. And they're not, I mean, they're acting like it's just the crossover event that they'll eventually get to. Meanwhile, we're going to focus on all these other things that eh, maybe we'll care about, maybe we don't. For me, I don't care right now because it's like, eh. I want to see Lena go off and just perk out for the first episode. It's, hey, Lena, I'm Supergirl, and it just uh, yeah, it took some of the steam out for me because I wanted that to be a continual thing where she's still lying six episodes into this season, but Lena knows.
1: Yeah, but then Lila has this like big like, God, I, it was like it's almost like that big reveal like I know you've been lying to me for months now. I've given you multiple chances to tell me the truth. Yeah. I mean, like basically, like her scene where she blew. I mean, like it was like kind of like, like just that good blow up. Like I hate you, and it's like, yeah, you got good reason. It's like there's, it's like, again, as I always say, it's like when they always screw the Luthers over, it's like they're right. Like seriously, you guys have made them the bad guy, but they're one hundred percent right.
0: But the hero made him.
1: But mm-hmm. the hero made him bad. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, so that, that's the interesting thing. Now, let's talk about the you-are-dead-cold-withered a robot if you didn't feel anything watching that scene with Barry and Joe. Now, we've said so many times that Jesse L. Martin is such the driving force of this show. Like, he is the secret ingredient that makes everything work. Whether so it's those pep talks that gives Barry, Iris, etc., He's always been that stable force that makes every scene he's that stable force that makes every scene so much better. And this one was amazing. Grant Gustin was like, okay, I'm gonna be right there with you through this scene. I know you always like kill these scenes, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be right there with you. And oh
1: man.
0: Joe going, This isn't fair. How to you know this this shouldn't happen to you. Uh, you're a hero. Don't act like you didn't mean anything. And then Barry going, listen, everything that happened, Iris Team Flash has been great being a Flash, but none of it would have been anything if it wasn't for you. I was like, oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> what? 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 <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah. I might pause this thing.
0: The dust was phenomenal when I was watching that scene.
1: Honestly, I, I mean. I was thinking, like, you're watching that on your phone, you're like, uh, um, I gotta make sure my cool points are cool, because if any dude sees me here, huh, they're gonna ask me, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> uh, but I, I had it on my big i am I'm gonna need, as, as much as we said, like, Oliver and Diggle brought it, I think, like, uh, last, uh, like, uh, in, in their scene, mm-hmm. this one was so, I mean, this was better. I mean, it was just, like, phenomenal. And it was just like if you had watched the Flash, and that was the if you thought this was the end of Flash, and that was the episode right before Flash is over. I mean, I'm thinking that that's am like to me like that was like lost, like um, at, at the end at, in the boat scene. Yeah, uh, Flash. I mean, I, I mean that's yeah. how good that was. I was like, oh wow. Like, y'all doing this like five minutes? I mean, if this was really the last season of Flash, I'd be like, yeah. Like, I don't care what y'all got to do. Just show the scene to anybody. It's like... Yeah, oh, it
0: was so good. And I guess now we can, can turn to Arrow. And I wrote in my review that it's so weird how we kind of assume, I mean, we know, that Flash is going to be around after Crisis. But if you were to compare the two shows... It definitely seems like Barry is going to die. His show is about to end. And Arrow is going to keep rolling because he's going to figure something out. Because practically no one's taking what's going to happen to him. All that seriously. And so this episode of Wednesday's episode of Arrow had him doing like this random side quest. And it was weird because it was like, this has nothing to do with the monitor. You're just trying to figure out if you can trust him. But. I still don't see how you can do anything against the monitor if you figure out you can't trust him. You haven't talked to Supergirl. You haven't talked to Barry, two people who could help you fight him and stop him, potentially. You're going, I've got Laurel. I've got Diggle. That's all I really need. So he goes out, and he hangs out with Thea for an episode, and she's all still fighting the League of Assassins. Talia all Ghoul shows up. Athena shows up and they do this kind of Raiders of the Lost Ark thing where they're trying to find this missing scroll. Then they're trying to find a sword that was, belonged to the original Raz al Ghul. And, and Thea and Oliver had a few moments, but, eh, I mean, I was like, okay, that's good-ish, but she's acting like, yeah, I'll see you later, buddy. Don't yeah. die. Kind of like yeah. a joke. Yeah, like, oh, you'll be good. It
1: was like one of us like, oh, you're going to die? Oh, we, we got over that before. No problem. We'll find a Lazarus pit. We've destroyed all the Lazarus pit. But don't worry, we got you. It was. It was. And I think that's the. Especially after watching Flash, where they had this really big, great emotional moment. It's like his brother and sister, especially after you see how hard he was taking the fact that, like, not having Lord—I mean, uh, Thea in this other world—really affected him. It was like he sees Thea. It was like you were almost expecting this, like, big, like, I, I'm, I'm doing, like. Almost stupid stuff to protect you from. I mean, like Diggle was from uh, Lila. Like, I'm freaked out by what I saw. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he sees the it's like see it. He sees the in the flesh. He's just like, hey, we're gonna go on this little side quest. You want to come with me? Sure. It was like, yeah. I need y'all to bring. It was like almost I was like, I, I need y'all to bring this some a little emotion to this. Like, act like, hey, seriously, I am going to die. Like, there is no way around it. Like, I need you to understand this is goodbye. Like, this is
0: it. I thought Stephen and Mel did a really good job on the mountaintop scene and then in the farewell to Speedy scene. Yeah. But I felt like he was kind of just ice operating in a in a bottle where he was the only one that was still like, hey, this crisis is real. I know Diggle and Lila had their scene where he's like, listen, I saw a whole universe disintegrate before my eyes. And it was like, you saw a police station disintegrate. But I got what you're saying. Um. But Lila's like, yeah, Johnny, well, we'll just enjoy what we've got. So, I mean, we, she's foreshadowing because we've already seen that she's with the monitor. She doesn't know what's going to happen post-crisis. So, she's like, eh. But we already know. And this is another failing of those future subplots because there's some degree of suspense that we are missing because we know clearly Diggle and Lila have to survive because they've got to raise J.J. and Connor. So, we're going make J.J. crazy.
1: I mean, it was like there. There is a point, but I'm, I'm almost like I don't know if that is true. I mean, it, it it's a a version of the future is like that, but it's like maybe that's like before Barry or that future exists before Barry or Oliver do what they have to do, and it's it's not all set in and in that movie.
0: future. Oliver is gone.
1: Yes. But I'm not saying there's a I mean there's not a future. I I guess I mean it's just it's speculation. I'm just thinking it's like maybe that future is not the one hundred percent future. Cause I mean remember we had twenty forty nine and Connor was Green Arrow and there was no problem with the Glades. There was no everything was trash and
0: legends but that is still 9 years in that future or 9 years from the future the present future cuz Mia and them are operating in like 20
1: no I thought know. it was 2040 I thought they're operating they were... in 2040
0: but Connor and his Connor's Green Arrow is 2049 now I don't know what's supposed to happen because that that had Oliver still but
1: right
0: yeah I don't I don't know
1: yeah it's like so some something has been changed I'm I mean, Lila, I mean, I think like, I didn't mind Lila's kind of, yeah, let's play it off. Because she was like, I know I'm about to do some real shady shit, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I I didn't mind
1: that. Yeah. I I kind of was like, I understand. It's like, I know the other side of this equation. So I need you to think of this great moment here. I need you to hold that little nugget and just squirrel it away. Because it's about to get real bad.
0: Exactly. Now the one one part of this episode, and I, this was probably the weakest of the three of this of so far in Arrow, but it the tail end kind of kind of saved it, salvaged it for me. Um, the future supply. I'm just I don't care about Mia, and they have really tried over a year and three episodes, but I just I don't think Catherine McNamara. Is a good enough actress to pull off this role without going so hard on I'm so full of attitude. You just gotta believe that I'm gonna kick everybody's butt. I'm like, you look you look like you're eighty pounds. And her fighting style just doesn't look as cool as is gosh, who was who's the, the the third Black Canary that was with Prometheus? You remember her? I mean, she looked like she could fight. Mia doesn't look like she can. Uh, Prometheus, uh, his traitor within Team Arrow. The, the... Oh, Artemis. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So I'm kind of like I just don't buy Mia. I don't buy the rest of the team going along with her just because she's like, well, my daddy equals Oliver. Yeah. You, know? you never <laughs> mentioned
1: Daddy. I mean, I mean and she... you you were raised by like uh, what's her name? Tal- Natalia. What's what's Natalia's sister's what's name? Nissa. Nissa. Like Nissa was your trainer, but she didn't teach you tactics because you. Every time you've done had a tactical move, right. you failed miserably.
0: Yeah, that's. What I'm just like I don't know why anyone would listen to her instead of Connor, who was raised by Diggle and Lila, who were literal strategists who didn't have any superpowers or abilities, and so they used their brains to overcome that lack and were able to stand side by side with legit superheroes.
1: Well, here I guess my here's here's my thing is. I'm hoping, especially if they're trying to use this kind of as a sub pilot to this new Arrow show, they gotta figure. It's like she is not the lead. I mean, it's like I don't know how many years she's been acting, but she needs to kind of season up a little bit. Like something, just like a lot of these. Like Stephen Amell wasn't perfect his first season, but he got better. And I think it's like her; she needs a couple more years to kind of get some range because right now she doesn't have it. And I mean, it's, and it's not even just how her character is just like, Oh, you, you know, karate. All, I mean, just like how, I mean, uh, JJ basically punked her out. Like I have no fear of you. I don't have miracle serum. I have no fear of you. You're not that tough.
0: Right. And that's why you're right though. In the in the first season of arrow, that's why they put so much emphasis on Susanna Thompson play more Paul Blackthorne, Quentin, uh, what's my man? Uh, John Barrymore, who was Merlin, mm-hmm. and uh, oh man, who's my boy, uh, mm-hmm. Colm Selim, who was, uh, you know, his father in
1: law kind of You're talking about uh, uh, Walter?
0: Colin Salmon, yeah, Walter. Like, yeah. they focused on those characters to kind of help him get to that point. But I feel like they're trying to rush and fast forward and still make Mia this this focal point. She's just, man, she's the worst character of the future. I don't like William that much, but he's playing the quirky, nerdy tech genius that every Arrow show has to have by contract. And he does fine on that. And, you know, they're not like, hey, look, remind her, he's a gay guy. Um, He's just doing the quirky. I mean, he, he's every Arrow. First tech genius guy so he's whatever mm-hmm. um Connor I mean, but, is I think Connor should be the leader of this group yeah, that's and Mia I mean. could be you know like hey I want to be the leader but I'm not ready yet
1: I mean just like remember how was, I mean like going, Young I mean, Justice I'm, I'm, did yeah, with exactly. Aquilad
0: and Robin yeah yeah cause
1: I'm, I, I guess that, that was the thing is like the future subplot doesn't have those and, and I'm hoping that we're, we're, I guess I, I'm I'm not going to foreshadow what happened. I mean, if you saw the episode, you know what happens. But now let's talk
0: about it. So Zoe is dead because she tried to help Mia. And that was terrible because. We've never cared about Zoe. They've never done that's, anything with future Zoe to make her.
1: But that's it Renee's daughter. You're supposed like to care about her in the
0: future to make us care. Outside of oh yeah, she's Renee's daughter. She had no moment last season when they focused so hard on the future that made you think that oh okay, if she wasn't his daughter, she would be any random character.
1: Okay, okay, and, but, but still, we focus if going back to years past Arrow. Like how Renee was working so hard to get his daughter. You're, I mean, you have a little buy-in from her that, oh gosh, yo, oh, that's, oh, that's her. Like, oh, that's that's me. I mean, that's me. Oh gosh, like, oh no, this is and, this is horrible.
0: I mean, see, but the thing was, they hadn't established future Zoe, like sorry, yeah. anything. It was just like, hey, you remember the girl? She's grown up. She's with
1: him. I she. Yeah, or mean, she's. I, here. Beside, I mean, beside me, have they really focused in on any of them? I mean, like... Connor,
0: uh, to more of an extent, because of his tie to JJ. So he's not revolved in the, oh, Mia and William, you guys are everything. Like, Zoe was such a side character... I mean it's been 3 episodes but she didn't do anything all she was was a, yeah I don't know she had nothing to offer she was just another person swinging and kicking and punching there was yeah she wasn't doing anything and there was no like oh I'm so worried about my dad and the rest of them uh what do you guys think it was just she was just there and killing her off was like okay here Mia you messed up and now somebody else had to pay the price for your failure Rico, again, nice
1: job. I am. I'm, I, I'm, I guess there's the other cool thing is, is if that if that takes. I don't know if she's actually dead. I mean, I think she was dying. Definitely.
0: No, she was. She was dead.
1: Eh, but they said she where, was, where, was dead. But where you we know where, know where that, are we in the episode? Thanks. Were
0: Jackson? they in the episode where they they uh? It's the crisis thing where people from one time frame go into another time. I do not mean that Zoe's not dead. She's so dead. It just means that William, Connor, and Mia are in the present day with Team Arrow.
1: Okay. All right. Well, with that, hold I... Hold on real
0: fast. Which also made it stupid to kill off Zoe right before Renee gets to see her. You know, it's like, uh, I mean, I guess they're trying to go with the, hey, only one person can see their adult daughter being a kicktail vigilante, but I feel like it would have made so much more sense for Renee to see Zoe because he's been working in, we've seen that relationship formed over several years and how much Zoe meant to him as opposed to, let's throw in this random thing with Oliver and Mia. We have no connection outside of, Oh, I'm going to meet you up in the future. So
1: okay. But here's, I guess here's the other, the, the flip side is if, Renee knows his daughter dies, is a vigilante. He's going to make 100% different choices. He's like, oh, you just lost my daughter. Yeah, she's never hanging out with you, ladies, ever. Like, oh, it was there's no Auntie Donna at this point. Like, I'm moving out of this because I don't want her to mess with any of y'all. Because you've literally just lost my daughter two seconds ago. Because you're incompetent. So, yeah, that's going to, I mean, it seems like it's a bad bad call because it's like, oh, I'm not, like, all this Arrow, Team Arrow stuff, once it's done, I'm out. I'm not hanging out with y'all. Like, my daughter dies because she's messing with y'all vigilantes. I worked too (laughs) hard to get to this point. I had to work to get my daughter after losing custody of her. I'm not letting her die because she's just, I mean, the way she is right now, she is just another body. It's not like she has made this great save that saved somebody other than saving Mia for two seconds. like, well, she needs to learn how to fight better. I'm not, I don't care about her. As much as I do my daughter, like, screw her.
0: But I was, that's what I was saying. It was like, this plan was so stupid. We're just going to go after him one more time. It was, it was like, it reminded me of the Team Arrow philosophy when they were going against Damien Tartt. He whipped us the last six times, but this seventh time, we're going to stop. You know him. what
1: we're going to do? The exact <laughs> same thing, and it's going to work. Wait, did you it's get a go secret go weapon? In? Did y'all learn a new fighting style? Nah, no. nah, nah. We're just going to win. win. But...
0: Yeah, this huh? time we're gonna weigh. Okay, thanks. So she oh, really yeah. is Oliver's daughter. If you you had any doubt on that, uh, yeah, yes. Uh,
1: I mean, she has all the moxie of Felicity. Ugh,
0: yeah, this uh, is con- such but, a bad combination.
1: Again, I'm still trying to figure out how she's not. She actually needs William because she is Felicity's daughter most of yeah. the time. But well, we're we're gonna move past that part. But I, I, as I was saying. I'm hoping if, if they use this time to season, if they're going to do a arrow spin-off, they need to season me with actual adult actors. So she's not just playing off the kid actors. She needs like people who've been acting in these kind of shows for like years. Like, okay, here's how you hit a mark. Here's how you show emotion. Like this is the stuff you need to do. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, that that was an interesting one. If I'm going to go toe-to-toe, Flash easily won. I'm glad that Arrow has a focus this season, and the entire lack of Felicity has made the show so much better. And I really wish they had written her off earlier to come back in future installments or future seasons. I feel like what they did with her was what Smallville did not do with Lana. Where after a point, it was like, we got to get Lana out of here. We got to do something else. And hey, you want to leave? Great. We're not going to force you to stay. And it made the show so much better. Arrow would have benefited from losing Felicity back around season four.
1: I was going to say, because it's like, because you really don't need, if you didn't know you were going with this future subplot, you could have, it's like, hey, Oliver, I love you. But your life and mine just do not work. You're a vigilante. You are the green arrow way more than you are the Oliver Queen. I can't do that anymore. I mean, it's just like when she went to uh, the little paradise land, where they actually got engaged, like, after Damian Dark, like, if they had just sent her there and then Oliver comes back and, like, oh, we're just going to do this one thing and then he keeps going. She's like, no, I'm out. I think the show would have really benefited. I mean, it's just like she might have been, like, an original character you had on your contract, but it's just like her role greatly hinders everybody else. Yeah, and it's like, and then everybody has to prop her up too. It's like you're well. I mean, it's like Felicity. If you liked her as a character, she was the man. She did everything, <laughs> but the show's not supposed to be about her. It was exactly. supposed to be Green Arrow trying to hey. It's just like how Team Flash didn't need nine thousand people to say, "Hey Barry, turn your arms, it's
0: run like, faster."
1: What?
0: Yeah. Exactly. All right. Now, before we get into Crisis, let's talk about the very exciting CW (laughs) potential series news. As the word dropped that CW is actually considering, they've got a pilot for Superman and Lois, which is going to take a DC rebirth approach on the two characters as parents trying to raise their son, Jonathan, While Lois is the world's most famous reporter and Clark Superman is the world's most famous superhero. And I am one billion percent all about watching this show. Um, I I really thought that the Superman and Lois they have right now, uh, Elizabeth Tullock and Tyler Hoshlin, are pitch perfect as those characters like that is that is like the margot kidder successor i never knew actually existed and tyler does such a good job of being the superman that's not a corny loser but is self-assured confident and doesn't have to prop or doesn't need to be propped up for being so awesome and great and if they have i mean if they just do the John dynamic that they did in the comic before Brian Michael Bendis came and trashed it because he didn't have any creativity in terms of how to work with something that was already amazing. It's going to be a great show. They've already got a bunch of Superman characters they can throw in. They've got a Lex Luthor established already in John Cryer. Don't think he's got any, you know, obligations. So he could show up whenever needed. And there's just so many cool possibilities with this. I know you're a huge Superman fan. What do you think about this?
1: Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm gonna call me a hater, but I really think they could just cancel Supergirl and put this on. Um, uh, just, I mean, I, I know you have not watched Super, but it, all they have to do is like, cause I've been reading, like the Rebirth Superman was was great. Is was I didn't get to the point where they aged up John, but I'm still in that other part. It's like it's a really good. It's like it's something that hasn't been told, and it's like, yo, this isn't corny. It's like yo, it's like. How would Superman balance being a dad? Like mm-hmm. how would Lois balance being a mom and and she's not taking a back. seat? It's like, yo, I'm still a reporter. I still want to be in the game. Like I'm not sitting home now, but I have to watch for my husband to come home. And now my son's getting powers. Like, so I got double the problems. Like, I mean, just like, there's some, there's plenty of stories you can tell on that. I mean, that's something you can do for years. If you just come, I mean, just barely, just barely scratching creativity. Because it's like John is always going to be more vulnerable than Superman. It's like mm-hmm. just there. I mean, it's just everything you got. It's like, and then all these other characters. Because I mean, there's gonna be. I mean, the truth is, there's probably only gonna be one world after Crisis is over. So all these other characters you got to move and just. I mean, everything is available. So you got those two. Those two established, and then everybody else can feed. And anybody can feed into them. Co star, you can bring so and so back, you can do, I mean, you got everything. So it's like, I mean, it's, especially how weak Supergirl has been this season. I mean, it's like you could actually bring like a true legion of superheroes to them. I mean, you can do everything. It's like, can just there's kind of so life. much.
0: I feel like you are not the only person <laughs> who said cancel Supergirl and replace it with this show. I know the ratings aren't. As good as CW probably once. I mean, it's better than some other shows, but it's it's not the show that it was when it first moved over from CBS.
1: Jeff, this show's trash. I mean, I, I mean, it's like it, it's it's just it's like there. It's it's again it like we always talk about these CW shows. It's like the less they focus on the main characters, the show the worse the show gets, and it's like last season i had no issue with that it's like because there were so many multiple storylines this season it's like they have nothing to do before crisis and they're not talking about crisis It's is what it's just it's like so who's the big bad uh we got like, martian manhunter's brother Are
0: you still fighting that lady yeah ah, she was lame
1: i mean no 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 martian i said martian manhunter's brother
0: no, but I thought I thought that they had that uh, woman who was doing, like, Tornado Blast or something. Oh,
1: no, they they they, they didn't. They, she's, she's in the Phantom Zone, maybe.
0: Okay.
1: We Jeez. don't know. I mean, it's like, it's... it's I can't even say it's like, you binge it, you're going to be like, man, really? I should have just listened to Jason Lonnie. like, nothing. Just don't I, bother. I, I, do, have, I really have
0: no interest in watching it. And I'm kind of getting close to that on Batwoman. Not because I think it's terrible, but just because I don't feel like it's better or worse than other things I'd rather watch. Where it's like, I know Walking Dead's good. I don't feel like I have to catch up to Batwoman. Like I was, like I said, I was away in Denver and I could watch both of these shows on my on my phone I mm-hmm. read the recap. And I was like, I want to watch Walking Dead. I really have a big interest in watching Batwoman. And I think that is the, the thing. Like, in the comfort of my own home, yeah, I'd maybe watch Batwoman. But I didn't feel like I had to watch it. And the show's too early to tie into Crisis, to have any meaning.
1: So it's just like,
0: eh. All right, whatever.
1: Like, I I think I watched last. I think I watched it, and it was like messing me up because I was mad. Because it's like, this pushed me an hour back from watching Walk. Because I think I ended up watching Walking Dead. <laughs> two days later, because I'm like, exactly. it pushed me back to watching this, which was actually a good show. Right. And this show, nothing's happening. It's just like, yeah. oh, she's learning to be a girl. Oh, she sleeps with a whole bunch of, I mean, she sleeps with one chick. She didn't sleep with like, a whole bunch of chicks. But it's like, oh, her, her former girlfriend doesn't want to admit she used to be her girlfriend. Oh, this is drum. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, This isn't early 90s where we've never seen girls' kids. Like, no. It's like, we're, this exactly. isn't driving. It's like, I mean, oh, I mean, it was, it's funny because it's like, if you look at the quotes from CW, is like, oh, revolutionary. Yeah. Oh, just what we need. It's like...
0: It's not but, even revolutionary uh, within the Arrowverse.
1: Like Sarah is, the, I mean, our, our resident lesbian slash bisexual. No, but I mean, Alex
0: lady. had an actual storyline that didn't take it like a joke. I mean, you and I both said that it was a little too convenient that everybody was 100% fine right away. But beyond that, I mean, she had an arc to that, which developed over time, and I thought handled it pretty respectfully. Um, so I don't know how revolutionary Woman is, just because she's the main character.
1: Because she's the like, lead, I mean, but it's like, there's not. I mean,
0: have they watched Supergirl?
1: I mean, to me, I guess may
0: as well be the co-lead in that show.
1: I, I, if, if you, were I mean, if you were a new viewer. And said, "Hey, I want to watch a storyline like, you know, I, I, you know, if you were a parent, like, okay, I want to introduce my kid to, you know, some a, a lesbian a respectful lore lesbian storyline because you know there's some family members we have that are lesbians. It's just like I would just choose Supergirl. It's like because Batwoman is just like, there's just it's not entertaining. I mean, I guess I was looking at it. I'm like, this isn't entertaining, and I'm I, I and it was I think I texted you after I, wa- I finished watching." Batwoman, and then Supergirl, I'm just like, I'm cutting both these shows. I'm like, they're yeah. just, one is just not drive, not worth delaying an hour, and then I just rather watch Walking Dead straight up, even if I gotta watch it, I mean, like, watch that at 10 o'clock, just so I can avoid the commercials, yeah. and just find something else to do with those two hours.
0: I agree. I'm yeah, all right, so let's move on. Because yeah. <laughs> there's literally nothing else to say about it. All right, Crisis on Infinite Earth. We've been talking about it at, for weeks. And Crisis has been teased since the very first episode of The Flash. Way back when, six years ago. And Crisis is this big revolutionary storyline created in DC Comics to basically clean up the confusion of writers and editors. Who stopped being able to understand things before Google was a thing? And the real thing was, all right. So basically, the editors and writers lost track. Like they, they couldn't understand where characters fit into the universe. So what they did was, the 1930s, late 30s, Superman, Batman, Robin, Wonder Woman, all those characters became Earth Two characters. And then around, so when the Justice League came out in like the 60s, they made them the Justice League and that started the Silver Age. And comic book readers understood this. It made sense. It was like, okay, cool. We've got all these different Earths. Or on Earth-S, is the Shazam the Marvel family. Cool. And Earth-X, that's the world where the Nazis... 1 and World War 2 is still going on, and Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters are fighting the stupid evil Nazis. Cool. But somehow, DC editors thought, no this is way too confusing, these kids can't figure it out. They can't go to comic book stores and get all the back issues to fill in the gaps that makes sense of all of this cool story. I mean, I remember going to the comic book store, trying to find back issues. To fill in gaps in my collection. And every time I did that, I was like, whoa. This is a whole new piece of the story that I never knew existed. And it's incredible. And then DC put out this who's who book where they spent an issue on one alphabet. So they would have issue one would be the A's. Number two, the B's. And they would break down all the characters. And it was a page for most characters, maybe a half page for the lower tier characters. The really important characters like Batman and Superman got two pages. And it was really simple. But for whatever reason, DC was like, all right, we need to clean things up. So Crisis is basically intended as an event to clean things up. Now, this was before every other month Marvel and DC decided to come up with a new event. This was the real event. Of events and for two years before it started DC writers had to include a character called the monitor in at least two issues over the course of a year so that meant and we couldn't they couldn't show him they had to reference him and had to have the monitor doing something behind the scenes So it was really being built up over a long time. It wasn't just a, hey, you know, let's kill this character off. And let's build a whole event around it. Crisis had a point. And even though it was like, eh, I mean, I can understand what's happening. And DC has continued to do this. Even to the point where I think it's hilarious now. Their TV shows, their movie universes are so screwing, convoluted. They need an overhaul crisis event for their TV movies. That you know, I just think it's funny because it's like all the stuff that they did back in the day, which led to the creation of Crisis, has been done on the TV and movie front, and they need a scrubbing, a streamlined one universe on that thing. All right, so Marv Wolfman and George Perez, the creative team behind the New Teen Titans, which was one of or DC's highest selling book at that time, were. Kind of got the job to do this. And George Perez wanted to draw to it draw because he wanted to draw every DC character that Wolfman could come up with or remember that they could cram into this book. And New Teen Titans was an amazing book. It's a basis on basically the season of Titans, which has been great. So if you want to read a really good DC book, read New Teen Titans by Wolfman and Perez. The DC Universe app actually has all of Crisis on there. And when I say all, it's not just the 12 issues, but the 148 issues that tie in and connect to Crisis. When I told you to do this, what did you think, bro?
1: Yeah, when when I knew there was all these issues of Crisis, I'm like, yeah, uh, uh, I I I I got to do a thing, and and I can't tackle that kind of project, but. The, the fine folks of the DC app had just the 12 issues of prices. And I was like, oh, okay. I can, Dad, I can handle this. So I was cool with right. it after that.
0: So we're going to start with issue one because, hey, that's where you start with this. And this issue starts off with basically a DC Big Bang. And there's one Earth, and that one Earth explodes into several Earths. And we see the, the multiverse basically come about. And there's a caption early on that says, And a multiverse that should have been one became many. And it's a really ominous kind of, oh, okay. So what we've seen, what we've enjoyed with all these different Earths and all these different characters, was essentially a mistake. And this is a mistake that's about to get fixed. And we see it kind of right away. Like, we're watching Earth 3, and this is a world where the Crime Syndicate of America, the evil analogy of the Justice League, has ruled their Earth with an iron fist. They've just smashed, stomped, destroyed everybody that came against them. And occasionally they fought the Justice League and other, like the Earth 2 Justice Society. But this time they're fighting an enemy they can't beat, it is nature gone wild. There's earthquakes, there's lightning storms, there's red crimson skies, and everything is going to obliterate, to obliterate, to obliteration, and there is this white wave of antimatter that's slowly wiping out everything, and we see Superwoman get caught in it, we see Johnny Quick and Owlman get caught in it, and eventually Power Ring. And Superman, or Ultraman, I'm sorry, they all get wiped away by this wave of antimatter. But the cool thing is, there's one hero on this earth, and he's Alexander Luther. And he and his wife, Lois Wayne, nice twist, they have a son. And Alexander does not want his son to die. And so this is like this huge analogy to Superman because there's a dying world. This is the first world that we're seeing, so we know how significant this kid is going to be in the story. Uh, cause he's basically a Superman analogy. So
1: Again, if Alexander, you have not read this, it's like you're literally knowing like, oh wow, this is literally a Superman story, but in reverse. Yeah. Like, so you, you your head is already peeped. It's like, oh, this Superman's not in this world it's like and i think the great thing about it is like it starts off as you could tell this is a, a bad world it's like so, the superman and green lantern to this world are criminals so oh this isn't just our universe okay got it you're already your your brain's already peeked in like oh this isn't our universe okay good mm-hmm. then you say lex luther and lois oh wow like he's doing the jor-el and, La- and uh, Lara thing okay. Well, I would like to see where this goes.
0: Yeah, and where this goes is because Alexander Luthor's already encountered the Justice League in an earlier story. He sends his son to the one place where he thinks he'll be safe, the Justice League satellite. But what Alexander doesn't know, that this version of the Justice League is gone. They've been disbanded for a while. Justice League is now Aquaman, Martian Manhunter, Gypsy, Dixon, Five, and Steel. And They're not operating in the satellite, they are in Detroit, so there's no one there for his son who's in this capsule that's managed to escape this wave of antimatter to go and be rescued. So he's just sitting in the satellite, and that's all we see for now of young Alexander Luther the But it's kind of like, oh shoot. And another character who we get introduced to in this first issue is Pariah, and Pariah who we've learned has been witnessing tons of earths getting decimated and wiped out. So earth three is not the first one he's seen, but he's cursed with having to transport to every world that's about to die, watch it die. And then go to another earth to watch it die. That sounds pretty terrible, doesn't it?
1: Mm -hmm. That's not a cycle you want to see repeated. It's like, Oh, I can see everyone on this earth die. And then I, as soon as it's like, Oh, once it's happens, I'm going to the next earth and it's happens all over again. And we don't know how long he's been seeing this. We just know it happened. It's been happening.
0: It's been going on for a minute. So then we finally start to monitor. We don't see this guy yet, but we just see his silhouette. And he sends his emissary, let's let's like how Galactus has his heralds he sends his herald, Harbinger, to go start recruiting heroes and villains. From throughout the different multiverse, for throughout the multiverse to start fighting back against this wave of antimatter and whoever has unleashed it. And Harbinger takes, like, she, she chooses these really weird, or the Monitor chooses these really weird characters. Because if you're even just like a, a moderate DC fan, fate of the world's at stake. Who are you calling, bro? Uh,
1: That Superman guy. He's number one Jurassic. The rest of the, it's like, okay, you're, I mean, you're really calling the Justice League. You're like, okay, we, we,
0: the Justice League. Yeah. I mean, because the Justice League has every power you possibly need. We've got Green Lantern with the ring that can do anything. We've got Superman. We've got Flash, the fastest man alive who can travel through universes, which is going to be a point for later. We got Aquaman, the king of the sea, Batman, the world's greatest detective, Hawkman and Hawk girl a tremendous fighting force in the air martian man owner who can do basically everything superman can and in turn invisible and change his shape and firestorm who can change atoms and do different things we've got the atom who can change <laughs> his shape and go super small we got green arrow and black canary two vigilantes who are basically Hawkman and black widow um super assassin kind of characters who, who have a gadget full of Arrows, and she's got a sonic screen that can incapacitate even Shazam. So these are who you're going to go for. But the monitor is like, nope, no, that's not who I want for this first round. So he, he takes this eclectic group of characters. He's got Salivar, the king of Gorilla City, uh, Cyborg, Dr. Valerius, Arion, a magician, Earth-2 Superman, who is like, okay, we got our Superman covered. We've got Firebrand from the All-Star Squadron. I mean, it's just these random characters. We've got Geoforce, the outsider. And it's Simon of the Fearsome Five, who's another villain. villain. Yeah. Yeah. And Psycho Pirate, who controls people with his emotions. And that's a pretty good power set, but it's not the Justice League. And we don't quite understand why the monitor does not explain why he hasn't called Wonder Woman and
1: Batwoman, Batman,
0: and even their Earth Two equivalents around. And why Superman's the only one? And I mean, Blue Beetle?
1: They'd we, already seen like those other worlds die when they have Superman, Batman on their world. He doesn't even have them, so it's like, like why aren't you just picking their world Superman and all assorted? You're just getting these random characters. Like we got right. John Stewart here, but. At that point, I think like
0: how how Jordan's probably still Green Lantern. And- no, how is has retired. He gave up the ring. Okay, John is the Green Lantern of Earth, and not everybody knows that he's Green Lantern's or he's Earth's Green Lantern. So he's kind of got this uh chip on his shoulder. It's like, look, he gave up the he gave up the ring. I'm Green Lantern, and I can do everything that he did. So lay off me. So he's got this little, had a little bit of an attitude, but it's an understandable one. Mm-hmm. And also Killer Frost, who is one of Firestorm's, maybe his arch enemy.
1: Which Psycho Pirate has to manipulate to get on the team.
0: No, he manipulates her emotions that to make her love
1: Firestorm.
0: Yeah. And instead of trying to kill Firestorm, she's now madly in love with him. Which is a weird twist, but... It, 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 it was, it's kind of I mean it's one of those things where in the Me Too era it's like oh my gosh a dude manipulator but back then it was like ah, eh, okay whatever it's kind of funny
1: it, it's love potion number nine yeah. like but it's but the almost like the also foreshadowing is it's like wait a minute this dude can make somebody go from 100% trying to kill the first person to exactly. 100% in love like I don't I mean like I'm gonna I'm date myself but like anybody who saw that uh, Tales from the Crypt, where the girl kills herself after being—it's like that <laughs> one still sticks with me. Like, uh, nah, I don't need any love potions. Like, nah, it's like, that girl oh, yeah. follows me. I, I kill. I'm dead, and she's yeah. all broken up and coming for me now. Nah, I'm good. I'm gonna
0: find you. yes, yeah, so it was—it was really cool. And again, there's a lot of foreshadowing. Mar Wolfman. I mean you can tell he didn't just kinda come up with this on the fly. Like he is thinking every page and every character through. And there's so many characters here and he's got their voices down without making them sound like if you took away the arrows or the balloons pointing to them, you'd understand exactly who was saying what. Like they don't sound alike at all. Like Earth Two Superman is very heroic. He's the the modern day inspiration hero. And there's no doubt that he is that iconic hero cyborg is kind of a dude simon you better watch yourself dude because i don't i have time for you we can get this thing on right now uh dr volaris is really arrogant he's a bad guy so he's acting in character and arian is this magic he's a magical character and he is very much in awe of things olivar is wise and we've got blue beetle and this is my first introduction to this guy and i'm thinking is he basically the dc version of spider-man which is kind of true uh steve ditko created him as well but he's a different character and he's very unique and we kind of see that play out through crisis so we've already figured out all right we got these guys who are going to live and they're all hanging out in the monitor satellite and all of a sudden These shadows start appearing out of nowhere, and they attack the heroes. And it's like, what's happening? Did the monitor set us up? Why did he set us up? What do we even have in common that he would need to set us up? But the monitor makes his big arrival. A big flash of lights. All the shadows disappear. And he's like, "I'm the monitor, and we are going to you're going to be my start to save the, the multiverse." What do you think about this as a kickoff to this episode? I mean, to, to the entire series. Don't go further, but just as an opening issue.
1: Well, it's an opening issue. You're just like, this is, again, you're, you're just initially like, because you've probably been, at this point, you've been reading comic books for a while. And you're just like, this is the most random team ever. I don't even understand how their power sets work and complement each other. And why you got the bad guys here? And why you only have two bad, two or three bad guys? Like, okay. Um, but then, you see, I mean, especially if you had been reading, I guess, the earlier stuff, you see this monitor dude, like, I'm the monitor. Like, okay. So why'd you set them all up at the end? Just to kind of punk me, just to show your superpower. So I, it was like, okay, all right, well, you got my attention for episode one.
0: Issue one. I know we're doing the TV stuff a off. All right, so issue two is when things start heating up, and this is where, this is when you kind of get the sense that Crisis is going to be a totally different series than anything you read before. Now, Mar Wolfman and George Perez did not bring in Superman and Batman in that first issue, which is kind of a, a tease and a hint of how important Crisis is that they can delay the two big guns from DC in the first issue, but they do show up in this one. And the first time we see Batman, it is a horrifying traumatic scene. Batman is going after Joker, and Joker and Batman are both kinda of exchanging a few puns. This is not the super know it all, oh I'm doing this. So this means that Batman is just always in a pissy mood, like somebody pissing his scornflakes. Um, he's still kinda of hopeful, optimistic. And He's got Joker, and Joker and him are kind of going, you know, doing their back and forth. Joker kind of gets him stuck in a trap, and he's about to get out. And all of a sudden, this nightmare vision shows up, and both of them recognize the person that's there. It's the Flash, but he's fading away before their eyes, and he's warning them about something happening. And it's like, everything's dying. You've got to help. Help me. And then he dies before their eyes. Batman, of course, is traumatized because it's one of his friends, one of his Justice League uh, teammates and he just watched him die and he couldn't do anything and worse for Batman, you know this is something that other guys would never do but modern Batman he's like what happened or modern Batman would be like uh, what's this, what's going on here current Batman
1: no, like, modern Batman would have been like I've already deduced what this is
0: yeah, exactly. Clearly, this is what happened. But old school Batman is like, huh? I don't know what's what just happened to my buddy. So then we've got the monitor, and he's sending off all these guys. He's sending off his his fifteen heroes and villains to all these different worlds, and we still don't know what the heck is going on, where they're supposed to be going. But we do know that Psycho Pirate's like, ooh. I get to go play with people's emotions. And the, the monitors sent them all to different Earths, different time frames. And, the, and Psycho Pirates just totally goes rogue. And he starts screwing around and making people panic and fear, fearful and angry. And well, is a Psycho, Pirates,
1: Psycho Pirates has been in prison because he's crazy because the, the Medusa mask makes him want to do this. So it's like as soon as he gets his toy back, he's like, oh, and no one who's – no one here – where he's put in this new earth can stop him. So it's like, Oh, I get to play and no one can stop me. So I'm going to go like a, a maniac.
0: Yeah. But his maniac run comes to an end real quick because he gets teleported away. Kind of in the same way the pariah was whisked away in the first issue. But this time he's going to a much darker place and he's going to a place where there's this dark silhouette who is clearly evil because the caption boxes are in black and with a white lettering as opposed to the other way around. Which and is really like, cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you can hear the creepy, like, nails scraping against something. Like,
1: Psycho Pirate. You know,
0: it's like, oh, shoot, who is this guy? And we still don't know who he is. And it's just like, we're not going to find out for a while. So the shadow demons start popping up. And they're starting to fight our heroes. And Superman meets up with Batman and and Batman tells him, look, dude, (laughs) this is not something's not right. Our boy Flash got vanished away. What's going on? And then there was another big part that happened where the Guardians, the, the crew who runs the Green Lanterns, get taken out. Now, this is something that gets paid off later, but. Taking the Green Lanterns out of the field right away is a major move. And did that kind of stand out to you as, like, uh, okay, what are y'all doing if y'all knock out the Guardians that fast?
1: Yeah, because, I mean, like, the Guardians, like, the these are guys who run the Green Lanterns. And I don't remember if they were as powerful as they have been, like, after kind of Jeff, uh, Jeff Johns got them. But, def- I mean, just if they were anywhere near that powerful, you're like, wait, who just took the Guardians off? The- I mean, who took him off the map in like five seconds? Like, these guys were going to be like, if everything goes real bad, we'll handle it. Like, we, we don't like to intervene. We got our whole, our troops. But if everything, if, if the crap hits the fan, we'll, we'll, t- we'll, we'll, we'll come in. They're taking off the board in five seconds. You're like, uh, who's powerful enough to do that? This is, again, you, the, the anticipation there. You're like, oh, shoot. Like, this isn't a joke anymore. Like, we've seen worlds get wiped out. We see the guardians knocked out. We don't know what's going on. And then this crazy dude is like talking in black and white lettering. We don't, we don't know anything.
0: Right. So now it's time for issue three. All right. So that's going to be where we're going to leave off on this episode jace had some serious computer issues so he's going to get those squared away and i figured with two issues down that made a good break point to wrap up talking about crisis for this one uh we will be talking more about crisis in the next couple of episodes as we break down issues three four five six etc as we count down the crisis which is coming in almost a month time now so stay tuned thank you for listening to this episode this episode of lyle's movie files has been filed.